Happy Monday, everybody. It's Brother Scott with Thy Word is True Ministries, and this is Monday Meds. Man, let's get our week kicked off right, because we all know that meditation on God's Word is the right prescription for every Christian. Are you ready to take your meds today? I hope you are. Stick around. We'll be right back. This is Monday Meds. Once again, this is Brother Scott, and this is Thy Word is True Ministry. I want to thank you so much for tuning in today, whether you're tuning in live stream here on our Facebook page, or if you listen to us by podcast, thank you so much for your subscription. And again, if you would do a couple things for us on Facebook, if you click like and share uh, that little icon right here, yeah, there we go, I'm making our point to it, right? Uh, like and share this video on your Facebook page, and let's share the Word of God out to as many people as we can. And if you're listening to us by podcast, I, again, thank you once again for your subscription. And once you share it with your family and friends and let them come on board along with us here uh, as we continue to walk this wonderful journey that we call the Christian life. Amen. If you join us live on Facebook, I am watching on my phone on my Facebook page. So if you have a comment, question, or anything like that, you'll need to go to my page and pull the video up there and send the comments that way. Uh, if you're watching it on our Facebook or our ministry page, I'm trying to get people to just kind of go to that one only, uh, but I get people that watch on both of them. So if you have a question or comment, please just put it in the comment session. Let me know, and we'll do the best we can to answer that for you. Amen. And so really looking forward to today. We did not have Monday Meds last week. I want to apologize about that. I may, meant, meant to make mention of that uh, in the Monday Meds session we had last time on October, uh, August 30th. And that was due to uh, Labor Day weekend, last Monday, of course, being Labor Day. And uh, there was a lot of things going on. I was unable to get into the studio here, get into my office here to actually conduct our Monday meds for that day. And, of course, everybody being off work that day uh, and probably sleeping in, to be honest with you. I don't want to take any chances of uh, <laughs> you know nobody actually being out there and not wake you, wake you up on a Labor Day three-day week holiday weekend. Amen. So that's why we didn't have Monday meds last week. Uh, but we are excited to be back today, and I'm glad to see some of y'all are joining us with us live uh, this morning, so we appreciate that so much. Um, coming up next week, I just want to put this punch in for our church, Victory Baptist Church. Coming up this Lord's Day on the 19th, we're having our third annual, I believe it's our third annual, uh, homecoming event here at the church, and we're looking looking forward to this so much, been praying about it. Uh, we're going to have the Garcia family from South Texas going to be up here with us. Brother James, his precious family, I, I love them dearly. Uh, they, they, guess they, they play and sing some great gospel music, and we're looking forward to having them with us uh, to do the singing for us and their services, and of course to be able to have fellowship with them as well too. So that all takes place on next Sunday, the 19th, here at Victory your Baptist Church. Uh, 11 o'clock is the morning worship service, and that's when we get things kicked off. Uh, Sunday school's at 10. So I hope you can join us. That'd be great to have you along with us. And if you have any questions about that, again, shoot me a comment, message, let me know, and I'll fill you in any details that you want to know about that. Amen. Weekend update. Let's get to the weekend update here today. I don't know what your weekend entailed. Uh, I know that we celebrated 20 years, 20 years, and I hate to use the word celebrated, um, but we commemorated 20 years since 9-11. 
Uh, since the terrible bombings of the, of the towers and uh, the terrorist attack upon America, and, uh, and there was so many different things that went on Saturday for 9-11, uh, my wife and I watched a little bit of the programs on television where they were calling out the names of those who lost their lives. Uh, they're in the building, they're in the plane. And then there was uh, later on that night, there was a, um, I don't know if you want to call it a movie or a documentary of those brave men and women who, um, who on the, on the one flight that kept the flight getting where it needed to be to. Uh, and I, we believe that that plane was actually headed for DC. Uh, but they rose up against the terrorists and uh, was able to subdue them. However, it still caused the plane to go down and many people there lost their lives as well. But we want to uh, thank the families of those brave men and women who, who stood up to uh, the terrorists during that attack. And uh, that's what really went on on Saturday. A lot of celebration, uh, and memory, memorializing. Maybe that's what I want the word I want to use uh, for those who did get uh, gave their lives and our first responders who did a tremendous job. And of course, many of those that lost their lives too. So, so this past weekend was kind of a, a somber weekend, but also exciting too at the same time. You just had to kind of be careful about that line that you you know don't cross or whatnot. But we do thank the, again those families um, of the first responders who lost their lives during that attack. And so. I don't know how you celebrated. Um, we prayed and we asked God to protect and bless the families as well, and uh, and then we kind of went on about our day. You know, I mean, uh, we don't want to we don't want to forget. We want to remember, but at the same time, we have to move on with life too, as well. Amen. And uh, so we had a uh, we had a good day Saturday. We just kind of relaxed a little bit. My wife did some uh, work around the house as I smoked some meat. Amen. Uh, Saturday's smoking with the Savior. <laughs> One of my friends, preacher friends, told me I ought to call my live segment that. And then uh, another another preacher friend of mine says, "Hey, you ought to call yourself the Barbecue Preacher." And uh, again, I'm not a professional at it, but I tell you what, I like the names, and uh, hey, I'll use them. I'll make it stick. But uh, we we smoked a pork butt on Saturday, and uh, for some pulled pork, it's only my second one I did. My first one was horrible. I mean. I, I just I just got too anxious about it. It was like a 14-hour smoke. It was a big pork butt, too. But a 14-hour smoke, got it off the smoker, didn't let it rest long enough, and it didn't pull apart right. I got mad, so I just cut it up, and I just started shredding it that way. It, uh, I mean, it still tasted good. Don't get me wrong, but uh, you'll pull pork when you pull off the smoker. If it's smoked right, the, bone, the shoulder bone is going to come out clean, and you can just basically shred that thing with your hands and uh, so my second one turned out a little bit better i was actually able to shred it with my hands but uh the bone didn't come out clean and so it's just a lot you know a lot of trial and error about that but i enjoyed it amen i enjoyed doing that and so uh that's what we did on saturday and of course yesterday on the lord's day what a great day we had in the lord's house our preacher kicked off sunday morning services about 9 11 and doing some memory about that and we were talking about 912. Everybody remembers 911, but no one remembers 912. You know, when 911 happened, you know, it seemed like the the next day uh church houses were filled, prayer houses were filled, and it was like that way for weeks and, uh, and for a few months that it seemed like people were coming back to God. And then as quick as that happened, it fleeted away. And uh, here we are today, you know, 20 years later, 9-12, as he was preaching yesterday morning. Man, it was a great message yesterday, uh, both services, actually, in the morning and evening service. Uh, but our pastor was like, you know, who remembers 9-12? And that, that is, you know, that is the day everybody came back to the Lord. That is the day everybody turned back to God. Uh, but again, as quick as we turn to God... 
that's as quick as we turned away from God. And uh, and so now we're you know today we're looking at church houses that are barely filled. You know, I mean, uh, we have we have in our church house we have a capacity of three to five hundred people we can fill in our church house. You know, and uh, you know we're barely running a hundred on Sunday. And, and you know that's it, it's not anything as far as you know the building. The building's fine. It's the and, you know it's the people. the The church is the people, not the building, not the structure in which we meet under. But the church is the people. And if if our hearts are right with God, the church house will be filled. That's just the bottom line. Amen. Two um, percent. What do you mean by that, Miss Donna? Two percent. That's weird. Uh, but anyway, uh, yeah, twenty years. Later, here we are. Church house is about empty, and we don't remember nine twelve. So uh, that's the kind of things that went on this weekend. Uh, I hope you had a good weekend as well too. And uh, again, we're looking forward once again to Sunday for our uh, homecoming here at Victory. And uh, I'm looking forward to today in general right now because we're going to be able to look into the study that we're continuing on here on Monday Meds, and now we're able to present this study on our Wednesday night services in our church as well. Uh, our pastors graciously gave us the opportunity to take what we're studying here on Mondays and to share it with our congregation, because I believe it's important to know uh, about the Spirit-filled life and how we're supposed to live this life and all the elements that go along with that. And so uh, I want to thank my pastor. I, I don't he's, he's not on Facebook, and he don't listen to our podcast right now. But I want to thank my pastor for giving us this opportunity to be able to present this to the church as well. So not only you'll be able to hear it here on Monday Meds, but if you come to our church on Wednesdays, man, you'll get a double dose of it as well. Amen. Uh, let's see here. I read that study too, Miss Don. I was I was looking at, at, at a, uh, a Christian magazine not too long ago, and I was reading a report about uh, the percentage of the people who actually go to church. The preachers who reported the the numbers of their congregations of people who actually go to go to church now since nine eleven from 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 I'm sorry since nine twelve <laughs> since nine twelve two thousand one because it was hundred percent capacity. But now since then, it's like only two percent are going to church, and that's and that's. Man, that that is, whew, I'll tell you, that's heartbreaking. It really is to think about that. So, of the you know the billions of people we have here in America, two percent are going. And you know it was reported not too long ago that we have that there was reported, not that it's actual facts. It was just reported that there was over seventy million evangelical Christians in our nation. Now, when it, when it means evangelical Christians, these are practicing Christians. These are practicing their faith. They're sharing the gospel. They're they're going out and knocking on doors, or they're sharing uh, gospel tracts. They're they're trying to spread the word of God. But again, this report here was many years ago. Uh, I haven't seen a new report about that now to see how many evangelical Christians we truly have in our nation now. But if you are a Christian, you should be a serving Christian. And that's what our study is about. Being spirit-filled will lead us to have a spirit-filled life. And uh, so we've been looking at the elements of that spirit-filled life. But before we get to that, let's get to the Psalm of the Day uh, here on Monday. This is Monday, August the 13th, August, September, Monday, September the 13th, 2021. And we are in the last quarter of the year, the last four months of the year. And so today's Psalm of the Day, we have it from Psalm 13, verse number five, where the Word of God says, But I have trusted in thy mercy, and my heart shall rejoice in thy salvation. 
Amen. I have trusted in thy mercy. My heart shall rejoice in thy salvation. And if you have your trust and hope in anything but the Lord Jesus Christ, you're not going to be fulfilled in your life. You're not going to have joy in your life. You're not going to experience happiness in your life. You may have temporary uh, moments of these things, but nothing's going to be fulfilling as it would be if we put our trust and our faith in our Lord Jesus Christ for salvation. Amen. So that's your Psalm of the day. I hope you take it and, and meditate on that and let that sink into our hearts and minds. Okay, let's get to our study today. we got about 15 minutes left in our program, and we want to make sure we get to our study uh, part two today of the Spirit-Filled Submission, <clears throat> excuse me, as we've been talking about the Spirit-Filled uh, Life. And so looking at the uh, last week, we, we got into the study, and we looked at the um, uh, the spirit-filled, or I'm sorry, spirit-filled submission, but how submission was demanded, how it's demanded in the Word of God. And a few things just to recap about what we talked about last week. The spirit-filled believer will be under the control of the Lord. In other words, will be yielded, will be submitted unto God. The spirit-filled believer will have a heart of love and worship for their Redeemer, for our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And the spirit-filled believer will also be a humble, submissive believer. Take your Bibles and let's go back to the book of Ephesians chapter 5 where we're conducting our study out of uh, Ephesians 5 and 6. And it tells us in our next verse as we're studying, in verse number 21, now back up in verse 8 to 18, it says, Be not drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. And that is our springboard, that is our platform in which we are conducting our study off of. Let me put my pen away. I always mess with that pen. I can put that pen up. Uh, so anyway, continuing that study, uh, we've looked at the Spirit-filled walk. We've looked at the Spirit-filled worship. And now we come to verse 21, where now we're looking at the Spirit-filled submission, where it says, submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. And so to be a spirit-filled believer, we will to show that we're a spirit-filled believer, we'll be a humble, submissive believer as well, according to that verse. And um, biblical submission, as we talked about uh, last, last time here, uh, biblical submission is about loving others ahead of oneself. In other words, putting others before yourself. Amen. And uh, in Matthew chapter 22, Jesus said unto them, he speaks here and says, thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy mind. Now we know about this being the, the greatest commandment that Jesus is talking about here in Matthew. But you continue reading in verse 38, it says, this is the first and great commandment. Now here's verse 39, where we get our spirit filled or biblical submission about loving others ahead of yourself. It continues to say, and the second is like unto it, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. And so biblical submission is about loving others ahead of yourself. Biblical submission is about being filled with the Spirit of God. Now we know that according to verse number 18 of Ephesians chapter 5, but that Spirit-filled life will also be filled with the fruits of the Spirit. And you find that in Galatians chapter 3, uh, I'm sorry, Galatians chapter 5, verses 22 through 23, uh, we're actually going through 22 through 25, where the Bible says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance, against such there is no law. And they that are Christ have crucified the flesh with the, affliction, the affections and lusts. If we live in the Spirit, verse 25, if we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. So biblical submission is about being Spirit-filled. And lastly, biblical submission is about being like Jesus Christ in all of our relationships. In every area of our life, we're to be like 
Christ. Amen. So that is how submission uh, is demanded. Now, moving on to that, our part two of our study, we're going to look at how submission is described, how it's described to us here in this verse in which we are looking at here today. Let's read the verse one more time. In Ephesians chapter 5, verse 21, submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. Now, as we started this particular study, I mentioned to you that this verse is broken up in three parts. It has three sections in this verse, and we're going to look at all three of those sections. The first one is submitting yourselves. We're submit to one another in love as biblical submission is described to us, and that's what we're going to look at today. Amen? Now, in our next part of this phrase, it says one to another. So submitting yourselves, taking yourselves and yielding to the Holy Spirit, yielding to the things of God, what are we supposed to do with that? Submitting yourselves one to another. (laughs) Obviously, the Lord is referring to our submission to other members of the family of God. Amen. Uh, I don't think it goes far beyond that. Amen. I don't think it goes any any far beyond that as well. Uh, but we have to be careful about how we live this life and how we sub- how we submit to one another. We've got to make sure that we're doing it according to what the Word of God says. Amen. So let's explore this particular phrase for a few moments here in our part two of our study. One key to what the Lord is saying here, I believe, is found in the in the verses that follow. This verse. Now, if you read verses uh, 22 through uh, uh, chapter 6, verse 9, now we're not going to read those for the sake of time, but I encourage you to go back and read those for yourselves because we are going to get into these verses. We're going to dive into these and kind of dissect them a bit to understand more of what they're talking about. Uh, but, you know, found in these verses, specifically, it refers to what Paul says in Ephesians chapter uh, chapter 5, verse 22 through chapter 6, verse 9. And in those verses, or in these verses, as we're going to study them, Paul tells us that there is to be submission in several areas of our life. You know, we're to submit unto the Lord, and the Bible says we're to submit ourselves one to another. And so there's several areas of our life in which we have to learn to submit, and we're going to look at those one by one as we continue the several weeks to come. Amen? Uh, By the way, let me say this. Submission, uh, Paul speaks about, is a mutual submission. It's not a one-way street. Amen? Keep that in mind as we go through our study. Everyone is expected to submit to everyone else. Now, we're talking to believers here. We're talking to those who know Christ as their Savior, who knows that they died right now, they'd go to heaven. We're talking to believers today uh, to understand what submission is. Amen? In Ephesians chapter 5, verses 22 through 32, it refers to the relationship between husbands and wives. Now, this gets so misconstrued, uh, and I think it's, always, it's taken out of context a lot. Uh, in our today's living, our today's Christian life. Amen. Uh, So let's understand what it means here about the relationship to the husband and wife. In marriage, there is a common idea that wives are to be in submission to the husbands. And that's not a stretch, folks. Listen now. The Bible clearly teaches that here in these verses. However, men, listen to me now. Before God tells wives to submit to their husbands, he tells both mates to submit to each other. You say, where is that, Brother Scott? That's a contradiction. No, it's not. Verse 21, what does that say? Submitting yourselves one to another. This verse is before we get to the submission of the husband and wife. And so let's not take it out of context, amen? Yes, wives are to submit to the husbands. But husbands, hey, we are to submit to our wives. 
because of verse 21. And I think we miss that so much. And I think marriages are being destroyed today because the man thinks he can be not just the head of the household, but the ruler, the uh, dictator, the man who takes control of everything. And that's not what the Bible teaches us here. Amen. We are to submit ourselves to our wives as well, husbands. He tells them both to submit to each other. God has vested leadership in the home to the husband. Granted, that is true. The man is the spiritual leader in the home. He is the provider in the home. He's the protector of the home. Now, I know in these days we live in a society where the man and the wife both work. There's nothing wrong with that. Amen. Um, but uh, we, we need to understand what that true submission is. Brother Chris Humphreys, hey, brother, hey, be safe as you travel that road, brother. Be praying for you. <clears throat> Amen. So far too many men, again, let's get back to that part here. Take submission of the wife to mean that they can throw around their weight around the home. They can overrule their wives by demanding that they submit. They act like tyrants in the home. The, the wife can't make any decisions unless the husband approves it. The wife can't make any financial decisions unless the husband approves it. The wife can't do this or the wife can't do that unless the husband approves it. What a tragedy, man. Just because the Bible says, wives, submit yourselves to, unto your own husbands as unto the Lord. They forget that last part, as unto the Lord, and we're forgetting verse 21. Submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. And we're really going to tear that apart here in a little bit. Amen. In this study, part number three, we're going to kind of really look at that part here. But only a fool would act this particular way in his relationship Excuse me, with his spouse. The man is to lead, not from a position of authority, not from, or not from a position of authority, but from a position, let me, let me say this right. He's to lead not from a position of authority, but from a position of love. There it is, of love. Look at verse 25. Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it. The fact is, men, you can't love your wives unless you're submitted to her as her servant. You can't love her like, like Jesus loved the church unless you're willing to humble yourselves and to give yourselves for her good. See, this whole thing about submitting is, is, is so thrown out of context. It's not even defined properly anymore because we just feel like there should be an authority in the home and there should be somebody who dictates everything that takes place in home. I'm sorry, I've been married 26 years now. I've been with my wife for almost 27 years. And one thing I've learned in these years is it, it, that this is a partnership. You know, we just can't make decisions on the fly and expect the other one to just agree whatever we're going to do. We've got to talk these things out. We've got to be on the same page and the same level. That's what submitting to yourselves one to another means. It means working together in a partnership for a common goal. What do you think the disciples were in the book of Acts before the first church got started? They were in the, they were in the same they were in the same mind, they were in one accord. Why? Because they all had the same submission to each other because of Jesus. Now they submitted themselves to them because of the fear of the Lord and because of that partnership. Man, we saw a tremendous thing take place in Pentecost. Yeah, I know Peter stepped up and he started preaching. I know God used Peter in a great and powerful way, but God used every one of those disciples in a powerful way. What I'm saying is, is when we submit to God, there's no limits to what God can do in our lives. And that includes our marital relationships. So there's no sense that you can just do anything that you want in your marriage. You've got to do this together. We are the spiritual leader in the home. We are to do everything that we can to see that our wives and our children have every opportunity to become the people God saved them to be. Amen? 
The man is to help them grow in the Lord, help them develop their spiritual gifts for the glory of God. If they're lost, help them come to meet Jesus as their Savior. And if you are the man of the house, you are to be the servant of your family. (laughs) You are to be Christ to them, not in the sense that you can save them, but in the sense that you love them more than anything, and you long to see them become everything God desires for them to be. That's what it means to be a spiritual leader in the home. Not to dictate everything, not to say, well, because I said so, this is what's going to happen. It's a submissive um, spirit we're to have for our family. Now, I know I've been hard on the men, haven't I? I've been been crashing on you a little bit. The fact is submission is a two-way street. Not just for the woman to submit to the man, but the man to submit to the woman in a marital relationship. Submission in the marriage is to be mutual. Husbands are to submit to God and to their wives. Wives are to submit to God and their husbands. That is the recipe for a successful marriage. Amen. And we will explore these things in greater details in the coming weeks. But I really want to dive into this and show that. But let's not just look at the man, the husband and the wife. Let's look at the children. In Ephesians chapter 6, in the very first four verses here, it speaks about a relationship between parents and children. There's be a mutual submission in that relationship as well. Amen. Children are to submit to the headship of the parents in the home. They are to honor their father and their mother. They are to obey their parents. Their submission to their parents honors the Lord and brings his blessings into their lives. Now, let me say this for a moment. Children, you're to submit to your parents, not just when you're a kid, not just when you're in high school, not just when you're in college, to the day that you go to heaven, you're to submit to your parents. Amen? Hey, read Ephesians chapter 6. Nowhere does it say in there do you stop obeying your parents. It says, children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor thy father and mother, which is the first commandment, with promise. Here's the promise. That it may be well with thee, and that thou may livest long on the earth. You ever heard that expression from your mama? Hey, I brought you into this world. I will take you out. I heard that so many times in my life. Amen. But it's so true. If you're not careful, they'll take you out of there. But until we go to the Lord, until heaven becomes our home, the day that we either caught up in the air or we go through the grave, we are to submit to our parents always. Before Paul moves away from the parent-child relationship, he speaks to the fathers. He says, fathers, if you continue on reading there in uh, in Ephesians chapter 6, that uh, fathers are not are commanded to raise their children with grace. In the nurture and admonition of the Lord, they're not to be dominant of their children and ruthless with power. They're to raise them with a Christ-like spirit. That's what that boils down to. I like that. They're to help them reach their fullest potential in Jesus Christ. If these commands, in the, I'm sorry, if the commands in these verses are to be carried out, there must be a mutual submission. Children have to submit to the authority of the parents. Parents are to serve their children by loving them and by patiently guiding them in the ways of God. Going back to verse 21, submitting yourselves one to another. This is where submission starts. Amen. It doesn't start in the marriage relationship. It doesn't start in the children's relationship. It starts in the every relationship. Amen. Ephesians chapter 6, verses 5 through 9 deals with the relationship between the master and the slave. If you read through that, this is pretty it's it's just pretty good to think about in moderation times today. We'd be compared, would be to the relationship between an employer and an employee. And we're going to dive into that a whole lot. Amen. If the relationship is to work in a fashion that glorifies the Lord, there must be a mutual submission both with the employer and the employee working together to accomplish the will of God in this world. Now, of course, as I said, Paul's writing here to the believers. And unfortunately, not every employer or employee 
that you are or have are going to be saved. They're not going to be a. They're not. They're not all going to have salvation. Amen. So how are we to submit one to another? That's the case. We're still to do our part. Amen. We're to submit one to another as unto the Lord. We're to submit one to another in the fear of the Lord. So what Paul's commanding here is nothing short of amazing. I think. In that culture, it was common for men and women and children and slaves to submit to those in authority over them. I'm talking about the times we're reading here in the Bible times. Amen. Uh, it says here that that women had few rights and children and slaves had none, and men dominated the culture. They were the law. They were the power, and they were the authorities. Then Christianity came along, praise God, and changed the whole dynamic of ancient society. Can you imagine if we're living today in the same time or the same way as in Bible times? Man, what a... You say, well, we did we did before, Bill Scott, during the slave, the slave period here in America. Maybe that's the case. But still, Christianity is still a submission to one to another. Amen? Christianity came along and changed the whole dynamic of the world. Men, women, and children, and slaves are placed on the same level. And God commands every person in the family of God to submit to every other person in the family of God. We're committed to love God supremely, and we are to place others ahead of ourselves at all times and in every situation. That is how the Bible describes the kind of submission God is looking for. So here's a couple of questions as we conclude part two of our study today. Here's a couple of questions. Is the kind of submission found in your life, or is this the kind of submission that's found in your life today? Or is there room for improvement? Hmm. Let's search our hearts today and get it right for the glory of God. That way we can learn how to be submissive one to another. Submission starts in verse 21, folks. Submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. And we're going to look at that last part of the verse here, in the fear of God, next week as we conclude our study of the, of the Spirit-filled excuse me, submission. So we, we've studied the, how submission is demanded. We've studied how submission is described. So next week, we're going, to, we're going to discuss and talk about how submission is directed. Amen? And we have to be careful about how we submit and who we submit to. This is all about trusting God. This is all about being filled with the Spirit. We cannot live this life unless it's a Spirit-filled life in the Lord. Amen. I pray that it helps you today. And once again, help us to share the Word of God out in this platform of social media and Facebook and Instagram and whatever else that you're, that you're on to subscribe to. Share this video. And let's get the Word of God out there while there's still time. Amen. Let's be submissive one to another. Let's help each other in this awesome journey of the Christian of the Christian life. Amen. Till next week, I pray once again, don't forget, let's meditate on God's word because meditation on God's word is the right prescription for every Christian. Till next time, may the Lord bless you. Have a good week this week and let's be uh, a witness for Christ today. We'll see you next week. God bless. How Jesus died to save a world that's lost up on Calvary he cried I know the truth he rose again this man he was all God and our God he was all man and he's coming back